You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a new ping-pong-playing robot invented in Germany and a home explosion rocks Vineland, New Jersey, leaving two injured. Here's your national news recap for the week of December 12th. Governor Ned Lamont ordered all U.S. and Connecticut flags to fly half-staff to remember the victims of the Sandy Hook tragedy. Nine years ago Tuesday, Adam Lanza killed 20 first graders and six adults at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown. Lamont says the tragedy is one of the worst in Connecticut history, and the innocent lives lost will never be forgotten. He says the state witnessed an outpouring of love and kindness from the entire world after a tragedy, spreading a message of hope that must be protected. Kentucky's governor says the death count in his state has not gone up. Andy Bashar says 74 people are dead and at least 100 are unaccounted for after tornadoes tore through his state. He added the state is launching a massive blood drive. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is pleading guilty in the federal civil rights case against him. Similar to his criminal trial earlier this year, it involved the death of George Floyd. Chauvin was found guilty in the previous trial and was sentenced to prison. Benchmark interest rates will stay near zero. The Federal Reserve made the announcement after a policy meeting, saying it will remain there until conditions in the labor market improve. The target range for the federal funds rate will remain between 0 and 1 quarter percent. The remaining missionaries who were kidnapped in Haiti are now free. Christian Aid Ministries confirmed the news on its website. The Ohio-based Christian charity said all 17 are safe. The group thanked everybody for their prayers during this difficult time. The gang that committed the kidnapping was demanding $1 million for each hostage. It is not known if the ransom was paid. An Oklahoma native is being awarded the Medal of Honor. Special Forces Master Sergeant Earl Plumley was at the White House to receive the award from President Biden for fighting off Taliban suicide bombers in Afghanistan in 2013. Plumley started his career in the Oklahoma National Guard in his junior year of high school. A San Antonio man who murdered his girlfriend and wounded another woman is dead. Officials say Evan Held hung himself inside his jail cell. There is now an internal investigation into the death. The deadly shooting happened earlier this year at an apartment near Blanco and Bossy. He later turned himself in to Dallas police. In Boston Federal Court, the final parent accused in the college admissions cheating scandal pleads guilty. California businessman Joey Chen agrees to a nine-week prison sentence, a year of supervised release, and a $75,000 fine. Chen admits to paying bribes to boost a college exam score. More than three dozen have pleaded guilty or been convicted in the Operation Varsity Blues. A Michigan man in his 60s was shot multiple times while sitting on a couch inside his home early Thursday morning. The shooting happened on Corville Street on the city's east side. 
Detroit police say the man was struck multiple times from the shots that came from outside the home. The victim was rushed to the local hospital but later died. Anyone with information is asked to call Detroit police. An 8-year-old was shot while sleeping inside her Orange County, California home. Anaheim police believe the shooting, which happened just after 11 Wednesday night, was gang-related. Officers say the girl is going to survive. Her parents were home at the time and were not injured. Investigators do not know if the shooter or shooters were intentionally targeting the family. A former high-ranking official with the Houston School District in Texas is under arrest. Brian Busby, who was the chief operating officer, is accused of taking kickbacks from a contractor. An investigation has been underway after a landscaping business billed the school district $6 million for work it never did. That contractor, Anthony Hutchinson, has also been indicted. The pair were arrested Thursday by the FBI. Several other HISD officials have also admitted their guilt in the same corruption case. California's statewide mask mandate will be difficult to enforce as some counties and cities say they're already taking a hands-off approach. The Omicron variant of the virus is spreading fast. Those who are vaccinated and boosted are well protected against hospitalization and death. However, unvaccinated people seeking care threaten to overwhelm hospitals. Even with the risk, many counties and even police agencies say they won't enforce masking. Instead, enforcement will likely fall to businesses who are already struggling with shipping delays, labor shortages, and even theft. CAL FIRE is on the receiving end of more than $1 million in grant funding for wildfire prevention in Marin County. Officials will target two areas in the hills above Fairfax and San Anselmo starting July 1st. CAL FIRE says the strategic work will create better access on some of the narrow and winding roads. This will create better escape routes for residents and easier access for larger fire trucks. Crews will also create fuel breaks, remove dead and dying trees, and overgrown vegetation. The work will include the clearing of invasive species and creating a more defensible space closer to homes. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News. With news from the world of politics, I'm Lee Kirshner. Finally, the tough battle to keep the government funded came to a temporary respite with President Biden signing off on the 16th, raising the borrowing limit to $2.5 trillion after uphill battles in the House and Senate, avoiding a default and resolving the issue until the 2022 midterm elections. The social and environmental bills the Democrats were hoping to pass remain stuck in the Senate. As of the 16th, President Biden and a few other Democrats were still attempting to win over holdout Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Talks on the 10-year, roughly $2 trillion, are said to have yielded little progress. The Supreme Court has formally returned a lawsuit over the Texas abortion ban to a federal appeals court on Thursday. Last week's majority opinion written by Gorish limited who can be sued by the clinics in an effort to prevent the law's enforcement, letting them resume providing health care services. The issue at hand is hashing out who can be sued by clinics and rights activists. The Supreme Court also has the abortion case from Mississippi, in which the justices indicated at arguments on December 1st that they are prepared to limit abortion rights and even could overrule Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. The Death Penalty Information Center in Washington, D.C. this past week released a report detailing that states and the federal government carried out 11 executions this year, the fewest since 1988, as support for the death penalty has continued to decline. The federal death penalty was put on hold in June by Attorney General Garland. 
Despite a campaign pledge to decisively end executions, Biden hasn't addressed the issue publicly as president. Furthermore, the House Oversight Committee is demanding the Justice Department provide answers about whether Biden's administration officials have any plans to change policies, resuming executions, and procure the drugs used in federal executions. Earlier this week, President Biden announced nominating Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of JFK, who served as ambassador to Japan during the Obama administration, to serve as ambassador to Australia, and Michelle Kwan, renowned U.S. Olympic figure skater, to serve as his chief envoy to Belize. As of December 14th, only 13 of Biden's 85 ambassadorial nominees were confirmed by the Senate. At the same point in the three previous administrations, Trump had 44 of his 60 nominees confirmed, Obama 72 of 96, and George W. Bush 93 out of 103. Chuck Schumer called on GOP senators to end their maneuvering to block the confirmation of these ambassadors and threatened to keep them working later into the winter holiday season if progress was not made. As we reported a few weeks ago, Rachel Rollins was confirmed as the U.S. Attorney of Massachusetts. She now says that she has endured racist and threatening messages as she prepares to become Massachusetts' top federal prosecutor. And the National Archives this past Wednesday made public nearly 1,500 documents related to the U.S. government's investigation into the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy. More information will be made public next year. And that's the world of politics. I'm Lee Kirshner. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. A U.S. diplomat's wife will face criminal proceedings in Britain over a traffic death of a teenager in London more than two years ago. British prosecutors say Monday that the cases against Ange Skoltz will be heard in the court January 18th. Skoltz is the wife of the diplomat who posted an American airbase in southern England. She was driving on the wrong side of the road in August 2019 when a 19-year-old Harry Dunn's motorbike collided with her car. Skoltz left the UK soon after the crash and claimed diplomatic immunity. British media reports she's expected to appear in court on video link from the US. Toyota is planning to invest billions into battery-powered electric vehicles. The full lineup of 30 battery-powered electric vehicles is expected to roll out by 2030 and will cost the automakers around $35 billion. Toyota hopes to increase global sales of purely electric vehicles by 3.5 million units per year by the end of the decade. Most of the company's sales of the electric vehicles are hybrids that run on a combination of internal combustion engines and electric motors. Currently, purely electric vehicles make up only a fraction of Japanese automaker sales. The investment of the combination of capital expenditures will research and develop. Rival Nissan made similar pledge to electrify its product line last month. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says the Biden administration is moving to advance and deepen U.S. defense, intelligence, and economic alliance by the Indo-Pacific region. He said everyone has a stake in keeping what he called the most dynamic region free from coercion and intimidation. Blinken said China's aggressive actions in the South China Sea threatens more than $3 trillion in annual trade. Blinken said the U.S. is committed to new regional economic framework, including U.S. companies identifying investment opportunities.
A British man is breaking his own Guinness World Record with a Christmas brooch collection. Adam Wide began collecting the bejeweled pins in 1984 and set his first record in 2008 with his collection of 543 brooches. Since then, his collection has grown over 14 times that size. His hoard of pins officially tallied over 7,900. Wide even admitted to adding some more brooches to his collection since the official tally. He estimated his collection is worth more than $460,000. Wide said the Guinness that he encourages everyone to find a bizarre hobby that they can thoroughly enjoy. A double dose of the coronavirus vaccine is proving to be less effective at warding off the Omicron variant when compared to previous variants. That's according to new research out of the University of Oxford. Researchers tested blood samples of people 28 days after their second dose of either the Oxford AstraZeneca or Pfizer vaccine. Scientists reported a substantial fall in neutralizing antibodies that fight the coronavirus compared to the immune response seen against earlier variants. The research noted that some vaccine recipients failed to neutralize at all. A report published in The New Scientist is revealing the story of a ping-pong-playing robot. Researchers at the University of Tübingen in Germany used algorithms to teach a robotic arm to play ping-pong. It only took the robot 90 minutes to learn how to play the game through both virtual and physical training. A combination of two cameras and an algorithm that used trial and error to calculate the position of the back and racket is what allowed the robot to learn the game. One of the researchers said the robot's skills were already on par with his. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. City health officials are calling on all Philadelphians to do their part to stay safe during the holiday season. Health Commissioner Dr. Shara Bedigal is encouraging everyone not to gather with other people over the next few weeks, but if you do, keep the gathering small. She made the message as the city has seen an uptick in new cases and hospitalizations as of late. The message continues to be get vaccinated and extra protection with the booster shot. Health officials are expected to provide more guidance on the restaurant vaccination mandates in the coming weeks. Police are looking for the suspects who crashed into a northeast Baltimore 7-Eleven and tried to steal an ATM. The attempted crash and grab happened recently at the store on Frankfurt Avenue, and the manager is thankful no one was hurt. The group of six suspects backed a white van through the store and tried to remove the ATM, but a brick wall kept them from taking it. There have been a number of similar incidents targeting Baltimore-area gas stations, banks, and convenience stores over the past couple of months but police don't know if the same suspects are responsible. From Jeff Goldman at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a mother and her adult son from Trenton were among three people charged with drug trafficking offenses after authorities seized more than $1.1 million in heroin recently, the most in a single bust in Mercer County, according to authorities. Andrew Coates, 37, and his mother, Bridget Coates, 54, and a second woman, Carmen Campbell, 60, of Trenton, are charged with several first-degree drug trafficking offenses following a lengthy investigation. Investigators found 2,200 bricks of heroin in the trunk of a car following a police pursuit that ended with Campbell crashing into a Mercer County prosecutor's office vehicle and another car. No one was seriously hurt, though Campbell ran over the foot of a prosecutor's office detective while trying to drive away, authorities said. Authorities obtained a search warrant and checked the trunk when a police canine detected the scent of drugs. Campbell and Andrew Coates, who was a young passenger in the car, were taken into custody and the investigation is ongoing. 
Maryland is preparing for a surge in COVID-19 hospitalizations in the coming weeks. Maryland Hospital Association President Bob Atlas says plans to address an increase are needed since many hospitals are already filled with patients being treated for the virus. Surge operation and critical care coordination centers have been set up to manage daily operations, and ICUs and new patient thresholds have been set. The state also has plans to deal with staffing shortages. Maryland is still unable to update key COVID metrics due to a cyber attack that wiped out health department servers earlier this month. From Kevin Shea for NJ.com, the New Jersey Supreme Court has granted requests from 10 organizations to file legal briefs or make oral arguments when it hears the parole case of Sundiata Ackley, who's been in prison for 48 years for the killing of a state trooper. Four of the groups are organizations of African-Americans and law enforcement, and seven will argue that Ackley, now 84, is being unjustly barred from parole for the 1973 killing of Trooper Werner Forrester and wounding of another trooper on the New Jersey Turnpike, lawyers for the organization say. A core issue is whether Ackley, who was known as Clark Squire in the early 1970s, is likely to commit another crime if set free. The New Jersey Parole Board has argued recently he is likely to do so. The 1973 shooting, a gun battle on the New Jersey Turnpike, is one of the most well-known and lasting criminal cases in New Jersey in the last half-century. From the 6ABC Digital staff, Bob Brooks and Katie Catro at 6ABC.com, two family members were injured after a home exploded in Vineland, New Jersey. Stephen Tramontana lives across the street and ran out to help. When he got up close, he saw one of the women trapped. He says with the help of another good Samaritan, they moved her to safety. The other woman inside the home made it out on her own, and fire officials say that they had to restrain her from going back inside the home to save her pets. Some of the pets, including several dogs, have been recovered, but a few others haven't been found. Both women were transported to an area hospital, and there was no word on their conditions. Authorities are still investigating what caused the home to explode. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. Hi, I'm Lloyd Wilson. This is your Rowan News. Tiffany D. Cross, a journalist for MSNBC, will deliver the keynote address during Rowan University's 36th annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Scholarship Breakfast and Day of Service, Monday, January 17th. The program, which celebrates King's life, legacy, and leadership, supports students by raising money for the William H. Myers Memorial Scholarship Program. The scholarship breakfast will take place in Chamberlain Student Center Ballroom on Rowan's Glassboro campus starting at 9 a.m., followed by day of service programming at 11. The event will be co-sponsored by Rowan's Division of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, and the Rowan University Foundation. Tickets to the breakfast are $75 per person, $600 for a table of eight, and 25 to attend virtually. I'm Lloyd Wilson, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Rowan University winter sports are in full swing, but Rowan fall sport athletes continue to be honored in the offseason as their seasons have concluded. 
from the Roan Field Hockey Team senior Molly Gorksha was named the Division Three Field Hockey Defensive Player of the Year and was chosen by Synapse Sports. She was a force on the defensive side of things for the props, contributing to a defense which only gave up 23 goals on the year in 21 total games. She, along with her teammate Christina Casignola, were also named MFHCA First Team All-Americans as well. One in-season award that regarded a prof was junior guard of the Rowan women's basketball team, Nicole Mallard. Mallard was named NJAC Women's Basketball Player of the Week for the week that ended with December 12th. During that span, Mallard averaged 19 points in two games. She also shot 68% from the field and averaged five steals on the other end. In a row game against William Patterson, she scored a career-high 26 points. As for the rest of the Roan women's basketball team, the Profs have played extremely well as of late, going on a four-game winning streak. In their last game against William Patterson, they won by a final score of 80-64 to put them over 500 on the year at 5-4. The Profs will look to continue their winning streak today at home against Muhlenberg at 2 p.m. Moving along to professional sports and the National Football League, the Jacksonville Jaguars have fired their head coach Urban Meyer after just 13 games on the job. It was a rocky year for the former college head coach, and a report the day before he was let go by the Jaguars found that former Jaguars kicker Josh Lambeau claimed that Meyer had kicked Lambeau. The now former head coach leaves behind a first overall pick in quarterback Trevor Lawrence and a team that was just 2-11 on the year. Sticking with football and the National Football League, the league released a statement regarding the recent uptick in COVID-19 cases among players and what their policy will be going forward. Quote, effective immediately, all clubs will implement preventative measures that have proven effective. Masking regardless of vaccination status, remote or outdoor meetings, eliminating in-person meals, and no outside visitors while on team travel, the league said in a statement. We will continue to strongly encourage the booster shots as the most effective protection. Finally, and based on expert advice, we will adjust the return to participation requirements for those who have recovered from COVID-19. All of these changes are grounded in our data and science-backed approach with safety as our number one goal for the entire NFL community, end quote. That was a statement from the National Football League regarding their COVID-19 policy. The NBA has also had an uptick in cases with notable players such as Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Russell Westbrook heading into health and safety protocols. The game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers and National Hockey League had no fans as the Canadians announced before the game no fans would be allowed in attendance due to COVID-19 concerns. COVID-19 concerns going throughout the entirety of each league. With that, I am Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report Business Update. The federal government will be able to pay its bills through the midterm elections. The House early Wednesday morning approved a bill raising the debt limit into 2023 and avoiding an unprecedented federal default. The vote on the bill the Senate passed Tuesday was 221 to 209, with one Republican voting to approve it. The Senate passed the bill on a 50 to 49 vote, with no Republicans voting yes. The Treasury Department had set a deadline for Wednesday to ensure the U.S. doesn't default on its debt.
debt obligations. Hobby Lobby is raising its minimum wage starting next year. The minimum full-time hourly wage is set to increase to $18.50 starting on January 1st. The company had raised their debt to $17 an hour in October of 2020. It has raised its minimum wage 12 times over the last 13 years, saying that they were one of the first retailers to establish a nationwide minimum wage well above the federal amount. The Support Surfside Committee is approving monetary donations for the victims affected by the collapse of the South Florida condo building. $4.9 million will be distributed among 213 applicants. Multiple foundations set up the nonprofit organization after the June tragedy. The National Compassion Fund is overseeing the distribution of the funds. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is being ordered to repay proceeds of his $5.1 million book deal. The order came from the State Ethics Commission, which said the Democrat has 30 days to comply. The proceeds from American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic, will be turned over to the State Attorney General's office. Officials will then decide where the clawback funds go, which may include the state, the publisher, or another entity. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searle. The Dr. Oz show is coming to an end. Variety reports the long-running daytime series will air its last episode on January 14th, completing its 13th season. A show called The Good Dish, an upcoming one-hour syndicated cooking and chat show hosted by Daphne Oz, the celebrity surgeon's daughter, Gail Simmons, and Jamika Pessoa will replace it. A Fox source told TMZ that the decision was based on the Federal Communication Commission's Equal Time Doctrine, which, although the report notes that it's unclear about how it's currently being enforced, aims to allow all candidates the same amount of airtime. Big Time Rush are back. The boy band recently released their first single in eight years. It's called Call It Like I See It. The band was created alongside a fictional TV show of Nickelodeon sitcom from 2009 to 2013. However, the band actually toured outside of the show and grew a loving fan base. Fans are going to have to wait a little longer for the next Fast and Furious movie. The 10th film in the series is being pushed back to May 19, 2023. Originally slated for an April 7th release date, the extra month pushes the sequel more firmly into the summer blockbuster race. The most recent film in the series, F9, opened in theaters last summer, grossing over $700 million worldwide. A former Netflix executive is headed to prison. Michael Kale was sentenced to two and a half years behind bars and forced to forfeit $700,000 for taking bribes and kickbacks from companies which had contracts with the company. The vice president for information technology from 2011 to 2014, Kale was convicted in April on over 25 charges of fraud and money laundering. In exchange for approving contracts with various films, Kale received over $500,000 in personal payments and stock options from nine companies. Looks like Bruce Springsteen is selling his music catalog in which could be the largest catalog deal for a single musician to date. Billboard reports The Boss sold his entire recorded music and publishing catalog to Sony Music for about $500 million. His catalog includes over 300 songs, 20 studio albums, and much more. This beats out Bob Dylan's sale to Universal for almost $400 million. Matthew McConaughey is opening up about his decision to not run for Texas governor. On The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, McConaughey said it was a two-year consideration that I came to the decision really over the last couple of months. He said he kept asking himself how he could be the most useful to himself, his family, and to the most amount of people. He said right now he's focused on his family and continuing to tell stories. 
Harvey Weinstein is asking a New York State appeals court to toss his sexual assault conviction. The former Hollywood producer is serving a 23-year prison sentence on charges of sexual assault and third-degree rape. He's looking for a new trial, with his lawyers claiming his conviction was based on the ride of the Me Too movement against sexual violence and not specific crimes. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.